0: Hey there, I'm Josh.
1: And I'm Tara.
0: And welcome to the Complete Wedding Planning Podcast.
1: The go-to resource for planning a wedding like a pro, reducing stress and enjoying the journey along the way.
0: Whether you're a blushing bride or a dashing groom, a wedding planner, or just someone who loves all things wedding-related, you're in the right place.
1: Our mission is to provide you with practical and actionable advice on everything from finding the perfect venue to choosing the most stunning decor.
0: And to make sure the journey to the big day is as stress-free and enjoyable as possible. From the tiniest details to the grandest moments, we've got you covered.
1: So sit back, relax, and join us as we explore the latest trends, share inspiring stories, and offer expert advice from top wedding industry professionals. Thanks for tuning in.
0: Welcome back to the podcast as we start a new century of episodes. Today's topic is the first of our two-part decor series. In this episode, we're going to cover the ceremony, and then next we will cover the reception in the following episode. So Tara, let's decorate a ceremony location today.
1: Woohoo! As you know, decorations and uh, decor are my favorite thing when it comes to a wedding, partly because I own a decor rental company. And the other part is being a wedding planner, I get to make magic happen and the vision of lots of couples' dreams come true. It's awesome.
0: And normally my contribution in this space is, hey, pick this box up and move it somewhere, or you're taller than me, can you zip tie this thing up here?
1: (laughs) Exactly, exactly.
0: Okay, so the first question that I have when we talk about the core, what in your opinion is the list of must-haves for ceremony decor?
1: Yeah, so I think this will really come down to where is your ceremony going to be held at? Um, It's probably no surprise to our listeners that the church wedding is not our most popular venue at this time of year. Um, We are definitely seeing more outdoor venues. We're seeing a lot of venues that have ceremony and reception space right on the same property, Um, Some will do the ceremony all in the same room as the reception. And so the traditional way of going to a church and then traveling, whether it be a block away or 20 minutes away to your reception venue is not the norm anymore. So I think it really comes down to what does the aesthetics of your venue already provide for you as to decide what your must-haves are. I think for, for ease of this episode I will tell you, nothing's mandatory. You can do whatever you want to do for your wedding day. Um, It is definitely the idea that the Pinterest and TikTok and Instagram and all the social world will tell you that the look of your wedding is one of the most important things if you feel that way. Society kind of makes us feel that way just because those visuals, those pictures are in our face all the time. But in all reality, your decor is probably the least Important thing about your wedding day. And I hate to say that as a wedding decoration company, because it's really not like people talk about it for maybe, I don't know, a millisecond after your wedding day. But what they really go home talking about is how much fun they had at your wedding, how good your food was, maybe how drunk Uncle Bob got. But I honestly don't hear a whole lot of them years after talking about how pretty the centerpieces were or the wow factor at the ceremony. And so my first thing is like, take it with a grain of salt. If you have the budget to create this magical space, like, yes, hit me up. Let's do this. Um, but if you don't like, don't stress over it. That is not the most important thing in your marriage. Um, it is definitely, there's a lot more things to focus on. So off of that soapbox, I would say the must haves you need someone for people to sit. And that doesn't seem like it's going to be a decor option, but it truly is. Um, and if you are choosing a venue that doesn't come with seating, There is going to be a distinct difference between you getting the cheapest plastic chair from a rental company, or you going with a nice wooden chair or a shavari chair, um, or setting up wood benches or hay bales. Like those aesthetics are going to be the first thing that your guests see and are going to set the tone for your wedding. And so sometimes budget decides what that looks like. Um, Sometimes the venue is already including the seating, but if it's not, I would say that's the first thing you you can't. Most people are not going to do a standing reception. And so you have to have somewhere for people to sit. And if those that aesthetic is an important feature for you, then you can. I mean, shivari chairs cost $12 a piece, so that can easily um, add up. But also if you're doing an outdoor wedding, you probably don't want a shivari chair because the legs are a little skinny. And if the ground's a little wet, um, it is not going to be ideal when people sit down as they'll sink into your grass. So keep that in mind. Um, I would also say that if you are doing an outdoor wedding or even if it is an indoor wedding, if there are not distinct features behind you that truly frame you as a couple in that space, then adding some sort of arbor or doing some sort of decoration with fabric that kind of frame you in within the trees or something, something that's going to give you guys not only a point of center to stand, but also to help make sure that you guys stand out from the background when it comes to all of your pictures and so i would say those are the two only really must-haves in a ceremony location
0: yeah i like that and uh, i like that you went for making the comment that decor is more for the couple and and the pictures and I've, i'm a big believer in that there's certain things when you break a wedding into two halves there's a the stuff that's for you as the couple and the stuff that's for everybody as a group um, the, the one thing that I will say, if uh, chairs are not included in the venue and you don't get them, that will be a thing that makes decor memorable. And that's not in a positive way. Um, so I definitely uh, definitely think that's a, a great piece of advice is to look and make sure that you've got everybody's basic needs taken care of. And a typical wedding day is going to be somewhere in the five to 12 hour range all in. Um, so having a place to uh, sit is definitely an important thing. And just some quick math on your uh, your expensive chairs that are 12 bucks a piece, a wedding for 200 people, that's $2,400 in places for people to sit. So it's, it's important to just go back to the evergreen advice that we give, which is make sure that you set your budget and priorities at the beginning and um, think about things like that earlier as opposed to later. I think it would be a pretty bad situation if you get 90% done with planning your wedding, realize you have to bring in chairs and it's 2,400 bucks. Yeah, anyway. And it's funny that
1: you say that, but I have had clients that thought the venue was supplying it. And then as a day of coordinator, I come in to do the last, you know, check-ins with vendors and the, the vendors like, oh, no, that's an extra charge. And they didn't add it on. And then I throw three dollars and 50 cents a chair at them for some white wood and resin chairs. And they're like, oh, OK. I mean, definitely cheaper than Shivari, but, you know, it's still it adds up quickly. And so definitely know what your venue is going to provide or have somebody like your coordinator double check your, you know, your T's are crossed and your eyes are dotted.
0: Yeah, for sure. I mean, again, it's uh, important to know the terms of all the agreements and I didn't necessarily bring that up as a theoretical. (laughs) I figured you had a story based on something (laughs) like that happen. I mean, that, There's the old saying, the devil's in the details, and sometimes the details become devilish, and that sounds like a a great situation to illustrate um, things that can possibly go wrong.
1: (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) and and real quick, while we're on that chair conversation, make sure like if you're, I have some of my venues that will offer chairs, but it's the same chairs that they plan to use for your reception, and not always is that venue people going to be the ones that move it from the ceremony to reception. And so if you're maxing out their chairs, and they have to have them inside and outside, like please don't ask your guests, your guests to pick up their chair and take it to their table. Um, I do not like seeing that. Your guests don't want to do that. Um, and so just keep that in mind.
0: Yeah, and I, I agree. I don't think it's uh, nice to see guests do that. But there's a difference between knowing that's what you're going into and not is the other part about it. So, again, <laughs> just be thorough on what the plan is. Um if you have a an outdoor rustic wedding and you got a pretty laid back family, that might not be a big deal, but it's uh, more of a big deal when it's a surprise at the end when the officiant's announcing that as opposed <laughs> to everybody walking in and it's just like, hey, yeah, I hope you uh, like this uh, nice outdoor venue that we picked. Um, hold on to your chair. that's going to be important. Um, there's, <laughs> yeah. there, there's cheeky ways to do this, but um, finding out in uh, real time is usually not the cheeky way to do it. <laughs> Um, Also, I really liked your uh, your comment to start with uh, what the ceremony space looks like, because a lot of times uh, a good ceremony space is going to have some aesthetic that speaks for itself and you don't want to overwhelm what's going on with too much. So,
1: yeah, yeah, there are some beautiful churches out there that really don't need a whole lot of things added to it. There are also a lot of outdoor venues that have really done a great job in their outdoor spaces, especially when they are, you know, it's kind of a, a venue that always has outdoor ceremonies. And then I have even a few now that are, are recently new that are constructing just overhangs, at least, to for a ceremony, outdoor ceremony to have a little bit more coverage if there was bad weather um, and to protect you um, as the couple in the wedding party from being in all the sun for your picture's sake. Um, And so definitely the venues are, are thinking outside the box lately and really kind of dressing up those spaces, which is really nice.
0: Yeah. I'm going to give a shout to a local place that you made me think of. They have three ceremony spaces. One of them's an outdoor uncovered one is an indoor chapel type of setup. And the third one is my absolute favorite. They call it the pines and it is under a high uh, area of pine trees. And nice. so aside from a torrential downpour, you are going to stop any sprinkles um, as a vendor that's hooking up electrical equipment. I feel fairly comfortable in that scenario setting up as well. And uh, yeah, you're not going to get torched by sun in uh, the middle of <laughs> July. And you know, that shade makes nice pictures. And it's just a really cool uh, setup. You might be brushing some pine needles off your uh, off your seat, but you know that's fine um they have they have nice uh, pews and stuff um you know one last thing that I'll make a comment about before we uh move on to the next topic is uh when it comes to church decor the other thing I would ask the question what uh what are you allowed to do cuz um a lot of times churches have specific things that they don't want you to do and that list is usually longer than you think it's going to be um, and it's going to be cut from the same cloth as the, uh, your photographer can't stand past this line. So, um, mm-hmm. you know, they're not, they're not joking about those and it's important to know that stuff, uh, before you go out and get a bunch of decor that you might not uh, actually be able to use.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And even some of our, our outdoor venues are having that same thing, you know, biodegradable things and you can't, you know, stake things to the ground and, you know, different stuff like that. So yeah, definitely make sure you know what is allowed.
0: Yep. Okay. So after we've gotten through the core needs, like places to sit, which are, you know, again, really important. um, What are some of the other optional items that couples can add and that you see happen often?
1: Yeah. So up there with that arbor or some sort of structure to kind of frame you, we often see altar decor being one of the first places that people will think of. Um, And usually it's a floral piece, especially in the churches. We usually see at least two floral pieces kind of flanking the sanctuary up there at the altar. Um, Candelabras are not as popular anymore as far as like the traditional, you know, gold nine lit candles kind of thing, candelabras. Instead, people are going to more, you know, cylinders with candles and other type of more modern candlesticks. And so that's another thing of making sure what flame is allowed in the venue and or the church um, so that you know um, what you can and cannot have there and don't go buy, you know, real candles when in all reality, you could only have fake candles. And so, um, decorating that altar to me, um, I'm kind of indifferent on it in being a, a decorator, just because depending on how that altar is, I want couples to think about what is truly going to be seen when you're all actually up there standing. And so some people will do some lower profile type things, but then when you actually get your best man, maid of honor, and all your bridesmaids and groomsmen up there, All of that decor is covered up now. And again, that aesthetic of everybody first walking in when the altar is empty of people is going to be one look. Your photographer is obviously going to photograph that, but it's not going to be as big of a wow factor once you're up there and all of your pictures with you actually in it um, are the focal point. And so I think take that with a grain of salt as far as like what is eye-pleasing for you the other thing that we see often up at the altar is the unity table if they plan to do some sort of unity ceremony this is sometimes just in the dead center this is sometimes off to the side but this table is actually photographed more than your actual just altar um, when it comes to the details and stuff and so i have seen definitely people stay simple here but i have also seen some really elaborate ones where they've gone you know done some really can- nice candle pieces, some florals. Um, they've set a Bible up there and, you know, really decorated that up. They've had pictures. So depending on what your unity, if it's something fairly small, like the traditional candle or sand back from, you know, that's been around forever, those are very simple pieces. And so you can easily add to that table. Um, and maybe you're doing something that has a lot of different pieces like the unity cross, or uh, maybe you're bringing in something unique for you guys. You know, maybe that piece itself takes up too much of the table, but I often see some people have this small little thing on this huge six foot table, like try not to do that. Like if you just have this small little piece for a unity, like see if your you or your in-laws or your parents have a small little decorative wooden end table you can use. See if your venue or your church has a small little decorative end table that's, you know, 28 inches in diameter at most. Um, so that that piece isn't on this huge table and engulfed into something that you, you know, it, it just doesn't provide a wow factor. Um, the next thing I would talk about would be your aisle. Um, these two are things that are usually not allowed in a lot of the churches. And so, um, back in the day, you know, I started 17 years ago. I can't tell you how many tool pubos I have hide in my lifetime and put onto a church um, pew. That is definitely a thing of the past. I haven't seen tool around in a very long time. Um, and so what we're seeing more now is a simple greenery piece with some colored ribbon added to it that the florist will hang on the side of the pews um, or chairs. And so again, make sure you know how they can be attached in your church or your venue. And um, simple is more. And I also encourage you, Don't do every single row, Um, A, to save you on cost, but B, it's gonna photograph the same way, whether you do it every single row or you do it every other row on both sides. Um, And so I say less is more there. Doing that same thing as far as aisle decor, we often see things on the ground. Um, These are often candle pieces and lanterns, um, cylinders. My caution here is that if your aisle is not wide enough for you to walk down with at least two people on on the side of you, even if you're only walking down with one person, you want to have enough room. To think about if there was two people walking beside you, because if you think about your guests and somebody being ushered in, sometimes an usher is taking two ladies on his arm. And so you want to make sure at least three people can walk down your aisle without touching those things down the aisle, Um, especially if you have this big, long dress and, and train that potentially is going to knock it over. Nobody wants anything starting on fire or water, you know, going anywhere or just a mess in general or the clanking of glass. And so just make sure you can walk down the aisle without knocking it over and that guests can get to their seat. I often find when I come in and, and couples have decorated themselves, sometimes they'll put that aisle decor at the front of the chair. And in all reality, it should be in the dead center of that chair, too allow those, those passageways from the front and the back of that chair. And so keep that in mind um other things we see is the guest table um, where the guest book or welcome table is a lot of flowers are added to that Um, we've seen engagement photos added to that or their parents wedding photos or grandparents wedding photos Um, sometimes at our ceremonies we're seeing the in loving memory tables and so those tables are usually fairly simple to decorate with a few florals um, candles maybe um, and those picture frames kind of take over that table As I kind of talk through these tables, I would highly encourage if you're going to do these tables and they're not a nice wooden table to make sure that it's a table with a tablecloth that goes to the floor. This is a more formal look. Um, This is really aesthetically pleasing for your pictures. Nobody needs to see the legs of your tables. And so do keep that in mind. A Couple other things would be like signage. We often see, you know, welcome to our wedding signs. The mirrors on an easel are very popular right now. Um, please sign our guest book, um, the choose a seat, not a side, you're loved by the groom and the bride. That's a very common um, board that we see very often, um, as well as like seating arrangements. If they are going to have their ceremony and their reception in the exact same room, people need to know where they're sitting um, at the start of the ceremony and not the start of dinner because you don't want people to have to get up and move around and move their things. And so if you're going to have a seating chart for that, make sure that's there. Programs are kind of becoming a thing of the past, and I'm seeing more program boards where they have a list of their bridal party and maybe an, um, the order of the ceremony or even like a timeline of the night on a big easel. Um, and so those are very pretty. And then lastly, I would say lighting. Um, if your church is going to, you know, you most churches are fairly dark because the windows are you know, a lot of stained glass um, or the darker wood in the churches make for a darker room. And your photographers and your videographers need a good lighting. So usually your light's pretty bright in a church wedding. Um, if you do a very dim light church, like make sure you talk to your photographer and your church and know if there's any flash allowed um, and what they can provide for you. If it's outside and you're hoping to do more of a, a dusk type um evening ceremony, just make sure again, you still have some proper lighting um, for everybody um, to see where they're going and for your pictures to turn out right. Um, And I would also caution you, you know, in in the bright sunshine of the day, you know, three to six o'clock ceremonies in the summer, if you're doing a lot of candlelight, like to be honest, the candles are not gonna be seen. And so um, maybe sometimes that's where those, that LED light, um, you know, maybe even a different type of um, string light is gonna be better off um, than just your your standard candle there. So yeah, that's kind of the, the I would say add-ons we see most popular.
0: Uh, yeah, so a uh, ton, ton of things that you mentioned there, all great info. The one thing that I noticed just, uh, listening to the list that you had you had a large number of things that are being sat on tables and you definitely mentioned this but it bears repeating um make sure that you have a table for all the things you need to sit down make sure that you have a purposeful table for all the things that you have to sit down and make sure that you have a covering for it so you don't have some plastic table in the middle of this beautiful beautiful venue uh, I definitely like the idea of trying to borrow in tables trying to get something that's uh, the, the proper size for what it needs. If all you're doing is putting a unity candle out with the, the two candles that you're going to light from, you don't need a six foot folding table for that. In fact, it's probably not going to look very good at all. Um, so think about a, a small end table for that type of thing. Um, other thing you mentioned, putting stuff on the floor, I would avoid that like the plague if it was me. That seems like you're just literally playing with fire in some of the examples you gave. And that that's just kind of a spatial awareness that I would be concerned about, but think really hard. And I would probably look at making sure you can fit five people and not three because you're going to have big uh big apparel and people not paying attention. I mean, just from a DJ standpoint, <laughs> I don't know how many times I'm, Picking up lights up throughout the night because the thing sticking against the wall that in a spot where nobody would walk somehow gets walked on. Um, so <laughs> you know, th- think think uh, think spatially about your uh, your group is just the piece that I would add into that. And um, you know, definitely 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 agree with the commentary about think about the lighting and what the camera people you're going to have in there are going to be dealing with, for the most part, you can compensate for that with the equipment and some uh, artistic talent when it comes to shooting. But if you can give them good light, that's always helpful. And odds are, if uh, it's hard for your guests to see what's going on, it's probably going to be hard to capture with a lens. So you're taking care of a couple of things at the same time.
1: Yeah, absolutely. One thing in my notes that I forgot to kind of mention when I was talking about the aisle would be the runners, um, which again, that's like the pubos. They're not as popular anymore. I remember the Hobby Lobby white paper aisle runner was at like every wedding back in the day and they just cut it and then give it to the next cousin and she'd cut her part off and take it to the (laughs) next cousin. I always felt like, um, those became a thing in the past when the church weddings kind of became a pass because outdoor aisle runners don't usually work, especially in my territory with the wind as crazy as it usually is. Um, it's not as aesthetically pleasing when you have to stake it down every 10 inches. Um, the other thing that, um, you know, uneven ground and aisle, aisle runners don't usually work out. Um, you have to make sure if you are going to do an aisle runner that you think through, do you want your guests to walk on it and you? Are you wanting just you? Um, it's not you, although I've done it, it's not usually ideal to have the ushers roll out the aisle runner. It's not a red carpet, you know, to, to roll it out right before you walk down the aisle. Usually something awkward happens and it they don't go at the same time or it doesn't, just doesn't look right. And so it usually, I would say, rope off the back aisle and allow your guests to come from the outer sides. I would say the newest trend, and I've had a couple of weddings in the last couple of years do this, would be the the area rugs and doing, you know, a, an eclectic grouping of area rugs down, um, the center aisle. And that is very pretty. Um, the rose petals off to the side are not as popular anymore. People are doing more of those clusters of cylinders or lanterns down there, but that is also, you know, again, if you truly need to have your aisle be distinctive, um, there are ways to do it. Um, but I would not encourage the aisle runner.
0: So comment about the aisle runner. You bring up some really good stuff there as a DJ trying to get a ceremony off on time. If I had to come up with a top five list of things that make that ceremony happen later than you want it to. Um, one is going to be somebody who's a key member not being there. That's that's really it. You can't start it without a, a bride slash groom slash efficient slash one of the parents or something to that effect. That's not ready to go, you know, makeup can delay things. But outside of that, I would put uh not having a plan for the runner <laughs> might be number 2. Just for <laughs> things that happen and it's typically a scramble where it's the two ushers that are just told do this, one thinks it's going to be really hard, one thinks it's going to be really easy. They're both wrong in most situations. It's probably somewhere in in between, but you have to have a solid plan for one how you're going to get that thing stopped on one end. And two, how you're going to pull it into place on the other. You have things like wind. If you're outside, you have, uh, probably tape that you're putting on the floor or weights or something to that effect. Uh, it's just really a lot of moving parts. So make sure you put practice into it. If that's something you really have in your vision, but I'm kind of with you. I would just not do it. <laughs> if it, if it was me, it's, it's just, uh, nobody's going to notice that that's there, but they will notice if it's a complete cluster of, uh, just mismanagement when you're trying to get the thing in place and there's (laughs) not really a better way to describe what that looks like sometimes (laughs) okay so we know that you run a decor company and so i know what your default answer to this next question is but let's uh let's humor this a little bit should couples diy their own ceremony decor and really one of the things to think of if that is a budget situation which you did acknowledge Um, what what are your
1: thoughts? So of course, yes, DIYing any decor, in my opinion, should be a no-no. But it's not necessarily because it's going to save you money or not going to save you money. It's it saves you stress when you don't have to do it yourself. Um, I just had a couple in here, gosh, I want to say it was three days ago. Um, and they, they sat in here and, and the brides like, you know, my family, we don't typically, you know, we haven't ever really hired wedding planners, but the groom's families had three sisters. They all had wedding planners. And so the groom's mom was like, we're doing a wedding planner. And so of course I love her. Um, But she was like, I just, I feel like when I'm out at stores, like, I just want to buy all the things because that's what all my friends do. They just go buy their own decor and they do. I'm like, okay, well, if you see that one vase, like, how do you know you're going to find it somewhere else? And how do you know that you're going to pull everything that you bought together? And so um, there comes, there just is a lot of stress. And then when you look at this half bedroom that you have now cluttered up with all this decor that you really didn't have a plan for, it stresses you out as, as as a bride, as a groom all the things. And so I say, don't DIY just for the stress factor. But if you have to, I would say there are some parameters to put into place. Um, Again, you have to check with your venue. Um, A lot of venues now are having decor closets and already providing a few things, or they have stuff that got left over and they just like haven't done anything with it yet. And so see what your venue has for you to already use or potentially rent at a very you know, cheap alternative kind of thing. I think DIYing depends on how crafty you are. Pinterest is a liar. I'll say it here. Pinterest can come after me, but it's all lies. Um, it makes things look a lot easier than it is. It makes people think that, oh yeah, I can totally pull that off, and then they get to doing it and they're like negative. And being somebody who owns a decor person, I will totally admit that is me. Like my kids come home all the time with all these crafts they're supposed to put together, and I I'm like yeah right now putting together Valentine's Day boxes for my child. And it's me doing the project and not my child. And she has all these grand ideas. And I'm like, I cannot, I cannot make that Pinterest makes it look easy, but mine is not going to look like that. And so don't stress yourself out unless you know for sure that you or somebody within your, your group of um, helpers are very crafty um, because that will stress you out and make you not enjoy wedding planning. Um, I have a lot of dads and grooms that really want to be involved in woodworking and making things for the wedding day. This, I have seen more times than not backfire, um, mainly because they say they're going to do it and then it doesn't get done in time. And then we're scrambling to find an alternative, um, works great for my clients. Cause I'm already a wedding planner that owns that, all those arbors. Um, But if you don't have that option, then you're trying to, you know, scratch plans, come up with a simpler arbor. Maybe you're spending more money because now you have to go buy one off, buy, sell, trade, you know, whatever it may be. And so if you have somebody willing to build something and you know that they have carpentry skills then just make sure that they build it at least six months in advance and you don't leave it outside in the rain without kind of weather treating it. I have also had that happen to people that have brought me an arbor and they're like, here, you know, my dad made this, it's been sitting in the backyard. Can you put it together? And then we go actually to put it together for the wedding day and the boards were warped and they would not go together. And so be cautious of that if you're going to DIY it um, and make sure that you If you are going to have an outdoor wedding and that wood isn't treated and you want to use it after your wedding day and you leave it outside after your ceremony and it does rain, like just be cautious of that. The other thing is I find when people are DIYing their arbors, they don't talk, they don't think about, okay, the wind could potentially blow me over. And so how do I stake this down? Or it is inside. But we had a vision of a not freestanding arbor that needed to be staked down. And now we don't have the proper legs to move it inside because now our ceremony is inside. And so have that conversation of exactly how that thing's going to stand up. Um, I would say I do see a lot of DIY with like fab, adding fabric to your arbors and stuff like that. By all means, go to Hobby Lobby, buy a yard of fabric and, you know, do wonders on that. Um, but I will caution you if you are buying your own fabric, like don't think about just your link times width for your project. Think about the swooping and the draping and always get extra feet so that you can do the aesthetically pleasing look for that fabric. And then ceremony flowers, I am seeing, you know, Ling's Moments Flowers online is a great resource for a lot of arbor flowers um, that already come pre-constructed. People think that I'm just going to go buy all of these random bouquets of flowers from Hobby Lobby and it's magically going to turn into a spray that fits onto an arbor. That requires a lot of floral foam. That requires zip ties that requires a lot more flowers than you think it does. And so, you know, consult a professional on that. Rental companies like myself also usually have some silk pieces to rent out Um, And so flowers would be the first thing that I say, don't DIY, just because they're, that's usually really easy to make look bad. Um, And so keep that in mind. And then I would say when it comes to that DIY ceremony decor and any DIY decor, what are you going to do afterwards with it all? And so have a plan on where you're going to store it, how you're going to sell it, who you're going to give it to. Um, so that you're not stuck with all of the stuff that you'll never use again.
0: <laughs> Ton of good stuff in there. Uh, I <laughs> I heavily agree with a handful of things and have a have a couple of uh, comments to add, uh, which are <laughs> you're you're going to be uh, very not surprised by some of the comments that I have about this. Uh, so the first thing that I'm going to just really pile on that you mentioned was if you're going to do this, you better be very crafty and i'm going to expand that to a little more uh pragmatic way to say that you better really really love decorating and you better really really love the process of it and it's got to be both of those because if you don't love the process of putting all of this together and probably not getting the kind of help that you think you're going to and you have to have this just you, you live to craft and you live to do that type of thing um You have to have that or this is a bad idea that's what i tell couples all the time um diy is great if you just absolutely love and live to craft i used to work for a crafting company i worked for a a glue company and there were people that would go to craft conventions that it was their life to sit and do crafty type of things so i would (laughs) recommend to them make make your own decorations you're going to love that that's going to be one of the fond memories from the wedding You made a comment that Pinterest is a liar. That's 100% true. The other (laughs) thing that's a liar is any woodworking show that I've ever seen. Um, The Big things that I'll mention are carpentry is really hard and tools are really expensive. And there's a difference between having a saw that can cut a log into a centerpiece. And there's a, a difference between having a tool that should be cutting a log into a centerpiece. (laughs) and then when you have to make that thing flat there are tools that can and should do things like planers and if you don't have one you probably don't have any business doing some of the stuff you're talking about but let's say you walk down that that path of doing this the the two things that i would highly recommend are align on what the schedule is going to look like especially if you're getting dads and fiance's and stuff like that to help out with things uh, you made a comment, have everything done six months before. That would be a deal breaker for me. I'm not doing anything six months in advance if I'm the one in this situation. <laughs> but what I'm also not going to do is lie to you and say that I'll have it done two weeks in advance and do it 48 hours in advance. So you got to be really firm on that conversation and make sure that your sensibilities align. And if you can't get to an alignment, I really don't think it's a good idea to try and badger your dad and your fiance into... <clears throat> doing what you want, if that makes sense. You know, that's just a recipe for disaster. You're going to be at the time where you're in full panic mode. Um, The reactions aren't going to be as good. So um, look to look to avoid those types of things. And uh, you made a good point about uh, have a plan for after don't let all the leftover decor that you didn't want to clean up at the end of the night that you didn't want to have in your house be the first marital fight. I mean, that's a story that I hear fairly often as well. Uh, last thing that I'll say if you're going to do that is make sure that you have major kit type of stuff ready to go. Have a bunch of zip ties, screws, tools, knives, all the stuff that somebody like Tara is going to bring in the second nature that they have with them all the time. Uh, she does this all the time. You don't. So think hard about the type of things that you're going to need to solve problems uh, along the way. Um, And then the last thing I'm going to give a kind of funny story. One of my friends uh, got married a long time ago. Her mom did a big DIY piece for the wedding. We all knew what we were getting into, so this wasn't that big of a deal. This was also pre-Amazon time, but there was a uh, crafted box that was made for all the favors, and there was a specific Krylon metallic paint uh, combination. It was two paints that we had to have one to paint the box and one to do the uh spray dots over it like overspray and uh that particular set of cans of paint were only carried at Lowe's. And there's Home Depot's all over the place, there's Walmart's all over the place, there's Ace Hardware's all over the place, there's Lowe's somewhere. And so <laughs> we had probably six people throughout the country that were going in the lows on a regular basis for a 3 month period of time buying as much of this paint as they could and i think <laughs> we ended up going through something to the effect of 150 cans of paint this was a big wedding and it, it was it was an entire process now the mom that was putting this together absolutely loved the process she loved the crafting she loved the creativity And the ones of us that were going around the lows could just deal with that fact. And uh, everything ended up working itself out, but that's a big moving part. And if you've got a full-time job and you're trying to make everything happen for the entire wedding, and maybe that's just more than you want on your plate. So just think about that type of stuff and uh, just really have a, a good conversation with yourself before you decide to, DIY the entire thing. I ended up hiring a decorator, and this was mainly because I told my wife, "I'm not decorating anything. My friends are not coming to Wisconsin to decorate anything. So you and the ladies can do whatever you want. I'm not doing anything. And uh, if um, it comes to a point where somebody has to go to the ceremony early and light candle, or to the reception during the ceremony, they have to go early to light candles. Find someone on your half of the family, and she's like, "Fine, I'm going to hire someone." And I said, "That sounds great." <laughs> your time is worth something yes yes yeah is
1: it is yeah and like you said you you've got to have that that conversation of the of the schedule and when can things get done I've seen a lot of those DIY things happen like the night of rehearsal they're like all right we're going to do rehearsal real quick and then we got to get back to making bouquets or making this and making that I'm like that's not what you want to do like go have fun enjoy your wedding weekend Um, So have everything that you possibly can done ahead of time um, if you can. That's for
0: sure. Well, and that decorate after the rehearsal or before the rehearsal or whatever it is. I mean, that's a good way to get your bridesmaids and groomsmen on bad terms. You know, if they don't know each other and the guys come in and don't take this seriously and the girls do, this could be a problem. (laughs) (laughs) I've seen that one plenty of times. I've been part of that plenty of times.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So always those guys, darn it. Well, exactly, (laughs) and I mean,
0: here's the thing: we're 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 throwing the guys under the bus pretty hard, but I'm doing it just, you know, being being part of these these things, you know, and and you're you're kind of fighting city hall if you think you're gonna get a bunch of groomsmen to be interested in this. I mean, (laughs) (laughs) so yeah, again, big believer in uh, hire a decorator you know, hire somebody that does this for a living. They're going to set it up better than you can possibly think of. That's, that's really it. They, they have plans you haven't even thought of needing.
1: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Your, your comment on having that, that, uh, bag of tricks, I guess I'll call it yeah. of your, your, your extra tape, your zip ties, your scissors. It, it's amazing that <laughs> the stuff that we come up with and we're, you know, we do, we do have a lot of things that we're like, oh, we had no idea we would ever use this again, but we left it in our kit for the just in case and that just in case pops up. So um, definitely have that little emergency kit of all the crafty things you might need.
0: Well, exactly. And I mean, I just think about this. I I used to put siding on houses and you know, I would go out to do repairs and I, I had one specific vehicle that I would take because it had 15 different colors of siding. It had paint, it had nails, it had all the different adhesives. It had everything, you know, I was, I was prepared for anything that I walked into because nothing makes any of these types of things worse than having to go run errands in the middle of it. If you're making trips to the hardware store in the middle of decorating for your ceremony, you've uh you, you've <laughs> missed something major. <laughs> <laughs> it's like oh, uh,
1: too many times. for me. No, exa-
0: exactly. And, and that's it. I mean, Somebody who's a professional decorator has learned every single one of these lessons. And when you're when you're paying for everything that a decorator brings, you're not paying for the decorations you're getting. You're paying for their time and experience of messing this up more times than you're even going to try and do it.
1: Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. I have yeah. lots of horror stories from when I first got started. Well, exactly. Now I bring you peace of mind.
0: <laughs> well, exactly. now you bring peace of mind and, you know, you got all the practice out of the way, probably with friends and family that you were, you were DIYing yourself until you realized you could do this professionally.
1: <laughs> yeah, Exactly. exactly.
0: It's how we all uh, get involved in all this uh, wedding stuff we do <laughs> mm-hmm. and we say, because we love it and we enjoy it.
1: <laughs> exactly. Yes.
0: Yeah. All right. Anything else about a uh, ceremony decor?
1: Yeah, I would just throw out a few other tips. These are in very random order. Um, but as I kind of allotted to, as far as, you know, your your altar is the main point of where your photographer is going to take pictures. I have as, as a decorator who asks for all the pictures after a wedding, um, I see very few that are an empty room for both ceremony and reception. It's very rare that a photographer has the time to truly get those full room shots without anybody in there. And so they have to strategically place themselves where they're zooming in in the right way to get as much decor as they possibly can. And so that is mainly your altar area. Um, but those guest book tables, those unity tables, those types of things are what is going to be photographed the most. And so if you are someone that is, is, overly concerned about the decor because you want those photos to really showcase your wedding well, then really spend your time on those things that your photographer is going to hint on. And then don't forget to tell your photographer that those parts are important to you um, because it is, I will tell you in my 17 years, I have asked for a ton of pictures from photographers and then I get the answer of, oh, I didn't actually shoot that. They didn't mention that it was important to them. I, for my own wedding, sat there and told my photographer, if you don't get every single decor detail in this room, I'm going to have a tizzy because it was my company and me doing all the decorating for my wedding. And so I made it a point to make sure he went to every single centerpiece and got it from every ankle and did, you know, every little piece of detail that I took time to set up myself. Um, And so if that is important to you, do not forget to tell your photo and video team that it is important to you to get those details because to them, it's another centerpiece. Um, they'll get, you know, what they can on a table that still looks clean, um, you know, or the ceremony after everybody is left in all reality, the candles aren't lit anymore because you started taking pictures and they blew them out. And so just be be cautious of that to make sure you communicate what that is important Um I would say that um, I mentioned kind of that programs are a little um, outdated, it seems, these days, especially if it's not a church wedding. Um, But I'm seeing more interactive programs and stuff at ceremonies. And so I've seen Mad Libs, I've seen coloring pages, I've seen the fans, I've seen um, lots of different things that you can do with those and and incorporate those into your decor. Um, And I would say if you're going to have a theme these little things, like your your signage and your paper and stuff like that, that is one sure way to really showcase your theme in putting that artwork and stuff on those items. And so, don't forget about those little things. Um, rain backups, I uh, you know, ceremony you know, decor can get ruined real quick when wet. And so, I as a as a wedding planner. When I am going to a wedding that has iffy weather and we are calling an indoor-outdoor situation like an hour before the ceremony, which happens more times than I like to count here in Kansas, I sometimes tell the florist not to put the flowers outside. And I do it as the wedding planner right before the ceremony. Um, That is not only in rainy situations, but also in high heat. Um, If you can have your florist, you know, deliver and set up like right before the ceremony Um, your florals are going to look better and you don't have to try to move them when the rain decides to come in unexpectedly. Um, And so if you have that option, I would, I would take that The other thing I would say when it comes to outdoor venues, um, although this really isn't necessarily decor, um, but often your vendors will require tents for outdoors. And so those are your sound people. If it's a chance of rain, they need some sort of really large umbrella or a 10 by 10 pop-up tent. String quartets will not play in weather that is below usually 60 degrees. Um, They also won't play in direct sunlight and they definitely won't play in the rain. And so usually you need to think through um, that aesthetic of having a pop-up tent, a bright blue, purple, logoed, teamed pop-up tent in the middle of your beautiful ceremony space is not going to photograph well. And so a white pop-up tent um, or something that can be hidden in the trees is going to be more ideal for that. Um, things I would also talk about um, when it comes to your decor is if you are doing some sort of candles, always have backup lighters nearby at the altar um, think about, I have a lot of my people that are still doing unity candles and they don't think about how without candelabras how are those tapers going to be lit if the mothers aren't coming up there and really the mother should not be lighting a lighter and then lighting the taper. And so think about having a little votive candle already pre-lit behind the center candle that can't be seen, but it's somewhere for them to light, or you have to have some additional candles somewhere that they can light from. And then I would also talk about... Um, If you're going to be having an outdoor um, summer wedding, think about having little drink stations. We've done some really fun um, quirky drink stations for both, you know, cool weddings, doing hot cider, as well as, you know, bottled water stations. We've had, you know, alcohol served at some of our weddings or lemonade stands. Um, We also have where we have done blankets, you know, get cozy with us. And we've had blankets for some of our outdoor cooler weddings. And those are really easy. Again, this is where Pinterest has a lot of fun ideas of those quirky little nicks and corners of little um, pieces that you can bring in for your ceremony. Um, And then lastly, I would just say, have a plan for who is moving all of the ceremony decor to your reception If you need to move it or who's tearing it down in the middle of the night or, you know, day, if it has to be gone that night, sending your groomsmen out at 11 o'clock when it's pitch dark out to that ceremony spot isn't ideal. I can't tell you how many arbors I've torn down with the headlights of my car because I usually don't have time to go back until the end of the night, too. And so um, think about those plans, make sure there is a plan to to how things are going to get moved and how you're going to tear them down. If everything has to be out that night.
0: Yeah. Love everything that you put there. The only, uh, addition that I would make is, uh, don't think about drinks, do drinks. If it's outside of, (laughs) we'll say 50 to 80 degrees, then you need to have something hot or cold for, for people. And I, I think that's just basic courtesy to your guests. Um, Bottle of water from Walmart is not expensive. Just uh, grab some and, and put it on ice. You know, Th- think think about how much worse it's going to be if somebody gets too hot and, you know, you have to bring in a medical professional. That'll delay things uh, more than you know having to move a couple coolers.
1: Yeah, um, one other one I not in related to drinks, but one I forgot to mention would be reutilizing your ceremony decor for your reception. Um, again. Having that somebody to move it, but we often see the flowers moved from outdoor arbors into the indoor arbors, or altar flowers moved to the guest book table, um, guest book decor obviously moving with them, and then I've even some aisle decor has now become centerpieces. Um, make sure that those things look nice still. Um, I will caution you if you're using floating candles outside and then you blow them out and keep them in the water and then take them inside to be your centerpiece, that candle will not relight. The moment the wick gets wet, it takes a good amount of time to get it to dry out and to relight. And so you may need backup candles if you're planning to reuse those. Um, And then flowers wilt in the sun or if they got wet, they don't look as pretty. Um, Also, the movement when you just volunteer a random usher to take it down, they sometimes don't think about how they need to really carefully hold that. And so if you're going to reuse your flowers, make sure that they still look really pretty um, to be able to reuse. And then if you're not reusing your flowers, um, encourage you to, a lot of churches will let you donate the flowers for their service on Sunday, as well as some venues will allow you to donate them to them. And then last resort, you could donate them to nursing homes if you don't want to keep them
0: yeah no all uh all good stuff um one of my favorite reuses from ceremony to reception is if you have an archway for an outdoor ceremony that looks great behind the head table mm-hmm. so always, always nice sure it was always nice photos well exactly make sure, it fits <laughs> through the door. Make sure i have it fits
1: definitely through the door. had the oh yeah we're going to use this for the head table and then we go in for rehearsal and they're putting it together and we're measuring and i'm like this is not fitting through the door put together and you don't have the manpower to take this all apart and then reset it back up without looking very not so pleasant to your guests so yep. yeah I definitely i reuse arbors a lot for that
0: yeah no I, I always think those are great um yeah any anything else or uh get out of here for today and uh tackle uh reception decor in more detail
1: yeah no i'm excited to talk about reception decor that's where the wow factor comes in
0: yeah absolutely okay well uh looking forward to talking about reception decor. Um, That should be all the uh, lowdown you need for ceremony decor. So until next time, take care.
1: Cheers and happy wedding planning.
0: That's it for today's episode of the Complete Wedding Planning Podcast. We hope you found our advice helpful and inspiring.
1: We'd love to hear from you. Feel free to reach out with your questions, wedding planning challenges, or topic ideas for future episodes.
0: Follow us on social media for updates, behind-the-scenes content, and a chance to connect with our community of wedding enthusiasts. And remember, your dream wedding is just around the corner.
1: Thanks for joining us on this wonderful wedding planning journey. Until next time, stay excited, stay organized, and keep creating unforgettable memories.